Hey guys, welcome back to the Greenback Voyage podcast. I'm your host, Shravan. And I'm your co-host, Joel. And with us this week is another new member that we've decided to add to our weekly podcast. Uh, Krishna, if you wanted to, I guess, introduce yourself. Hi guys, my name is Krishna. I'm the new podcast member here, the co-host. Um, I look forward to talk about a lot of global topics. Yeah, we have a controversial guy on as well. Uh, hopefully not too controversial, but I guess in the <laughs> in the past two weeks we've been kind of rebranding ourselves, you know, making sure that the next stage of our podcast gets off to a great start. Uh, so you would have seen our new logo, as well as some of our new thumbnails that are hopefully on YouTube and Spotify. But enough of that. Let's get on to the quick updates for the week. Uh, I think the first one we need to address is President Biden. Uh, announcing that all U.S. adults should be allowed, eligible for COVID-19 vaccinations by April 19th, which is, I think, about two weeks earlier than planned. So that's, I think, the main COVID news of the week. Um, along with that, we have the world economy, which is expected to grow over 6% this year. And this is led by the U.S. and China, as more vaccines are going out to you know consumers out there. And it doesn't really look like the Suez Canal uh, impacted the GDP all too much. Um, at least that's what no. the IMF is saying. So that's kind I, of surprising. I mean, it, I don't think it was that big of an issue. I mean, they resolved it in like 10 days, right? So Yeah. Um, but speaking of the Suez Canal issue, you know, a week after, what, even, even after it was resolved, there were so many ships on the, the west coast of California right they're just in standstill and i think this was across mm -hmm. the world um there was you know if you go down into the red sea um there's a lot of ships and ports that, are, that couldn't still pass because it's kind of like a bottleneck situation right so um let's i mean is it, is it all because of the Suez canal blockage yeah it was yeah it was um okay so, I, I thought the california one was before that incident happened i might be wrong on that uh but I think mo I mean most most ships from Cal that go to California would have to pass through the Suez Canal. So okay. Yeah, that is I guess that is true. Yeah, but I mean other than that, um, you know, we have Instacart and DoorDash planning to launch their own credit cards. Um, they should do probably Oh gosh, please no. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> a lot of companies are getting into crypto. Might as well like yeah. imagine a DoorDash coin, honestly. Yeah, Honestly, I, mean, I thought that Uber might get be the first one in here, but I guess not. Uber's always ahead of innovation, even though they're not profitable, which is nah, kind of they funny. They'll never be profitable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How are they worth $50 billion? Or was it 30 to 50 or something like that? Around that I think right. Uber, eats like Uber Eats and Postmates substantially blew up their valuation. Man. It's ridiculous how much those companies are valued, even though they're not profitable. Mm -hmm. Oh, never mind. Yep. Uber's worth a hundred billion. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I'm so off on that. I think, growing, I think the share growing, price is around fifty dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, a lot of investors see the crazy. you know tam in it, right? So. Um, yeah, but I mean, if you're not taxable for, it's been five years, fam. Like, at some point, you got to worry about the shareholders. I mean, Amazon is still not profitable, and it's been, like, almost 20 years. That is so. true. That is true. Yeah. I mean, other news that we have, we have the cruise operators um, who are pushing the federal authorities to let their voyages begin. I know uh, Norwegian Cruise Line specifically, they've been like, we will mandate that everyone that boards it has to have, like, one of those COVID vaccine slips or whatever. Uh, in order yeah, to board the, it. the CD the CDC I got one too it's a so white basically card that's globally accepted so yeah. basically a COVID passport right pretty much yeah it's a CDC approved COVID passport it's great honestly I mean imagine if you know you know how you get your visa stamped uh, on your passports when you travel I mean mm -hmm. we could probably see some kind of similar thing with uh, with diseases or some virus you know you get a stamp if you're vaccinated and you're allowed to travel things like that I think but then there's also the issue of like people who are allergic to the vaccine or choose not to take the vaccine in some cases their reasoning is justified so in that case what would happen would they be restricted from most 
um, global openings, or would they? Would what would happen to them? So yeah, well, what do you think? The, so this whole uh, vaccine passport was a pretty big issue. I think in the UK and a few other countries, basically, some activist groups were saying that. Uh, because minorities don't trust you know, a lot. So there's when the vaccine was being developed and there was a lot of polling happening, a lot of black uh, population, uh, Hispanics and low minor, uh, minority uh, populations uh, said they wouldn't trust a vaccine that was being developed in a year and hand out. So when you're going and most of them probably don't uh, want to take the vaccine. And that's what showed in the poll. So when you make a vaccine passport, that would kind of discriminate these uh, groups, right? So uh, I mm-hmm. guess I see yeah. the point there. Um, I mean, that's but, that's yeah. their risk, though, isn't it? Like, if you choose not to take it, the risk is you have co- a coronavirus yourself, and that's why you shouldn't be allowed to go anywhere. So, I mean, yeah, there there's going to be some consequences no matter what. Um, in the case of allergies, I mean, that's just uh, an outlier, in my opinion, like, it's, yeah, it's really it's hard to justify like that one or two percent of the population yeah like you can't justify you know locking in around 80 percent of the population who's been vaccinated for the one or two percent that can't really take it due to but, underlying health concerns and all that but in general it's ideal that we we give our viewers a message saying please get vaccinated it's for your own safety mm-hmm. and obviously it's for the betterment of society in general. Yeah, actually, I don't. I don't think we put this on there, but uh, I don't know if it's the EU specifically or maybe Britain, but they're investigating whether the Johnson and Johnson shots are causing uh, blood clots, a lot like AstraZeneca. Which... Yeah, because recently a bunch of Johnson and Johnson doses uh, doses got mixed with the AstraZeneca doses. Really? So there, there's been like a there's been a factory like mishap for Johnson and Johnson. Oh gosh. So that's why a lot of people like the the demand for Johnson and Johnson is down in the ground now, and everyone's trying to go for Pfizer because there's apparently certain issues with Moderna as well. Yeah. Well, I didn't even know about Moderna. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the issues are, but uh, I've been reading up on certain issues with Moderna. Okay. But yeah, I mean, other than that, just moving on uh, with our updates, we'll probably talk more about these as they, uh, you know, the facts unfold. But President Biden, you know, he wants, you know, gun restrictions both in executive order terms as well as through Congress. Uh, there's the, you know, the Chauvin trial in Minneapolis right now that's going on where some interesting facts have been shown to the court. I know we were talking about it before we started upon that, but I think we can, you know, skip these for now and discuss it once I think the full facts to us are available. Yeah, right now it's a little too early. Only the prosecution's witness are are being displayed right now so mm-hmm. once we get to the defense's side of the trial as well we'll continue to witness a lot more new evidence and i'm looking forward to that yeah and then in terms of the economy um the fed is the fed not really changing anything just continuing to push out their qe initiative and jp morgan ceo i think mr diamond predicted an economic boom for america that's hopefully going to extend through 2023 We'll see if that provides truth. I mean, with the amount of money being pumped into the government, you'd hope you'd see some short-term results. You know, but interesting thing. Uh, post two years? JP Morgan uh, put out a forecast for the S&P 500. They basically said uh, that their price target was 4500 for the end of the year. It's a $50 in- That's 50 to $45 increase from now. So that's really... Wow. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, yeah, it's we'll crazy to think about. <laughs> I mean, we're we're like again, like our last podcast. I would like to mention we're artificially inflating the economy. Yeah, well, that's true. We'll see what the effects are of that. Are I think investors future, are but... artificially, are uh, not investors, but the market is being inflated. The you know the assets, the, sorry, the equities are being inflated based on the news. But maybe the economy is you know it's just in the recovery period. But um, equities, you know, it's obviously a prediction of what's going to happen in the next few years. And everything's kind of being priced in now. So that's why we have, you know, such high multiples on stocks. So 
Um, yeah, and investors specifically, like retail investors, in the past five months, <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> have no, I mean they've they've put in, I think, more money into the stock market than they did in the、That's、previous twelve、right. months before that. I think and, retail investor activity was, I think, quadrupled during the COVID year,、um, and Robinhood's average、uh, account size was like tripled or doubled, I think, in the last year.、Mm-hmm. So. The same amount of retailer investors have have come into the market, and it's well. Apps just, just make it easy for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. apps made it easy for them. So it's、yeah. just now there's no barriers to investing like there were in the past. Right, you, you pretty much actually can... need no knowledge, just an app and money. Right, right. And, and I think I think、I've、like early on, I think early on, like Shravan and I touched、mm-hmm. on this, but Robinhood,、um, when the whole you know trial and the GameStop was going on, how. Uh, retail investors、um, have, you know, easy access to, you know, these leveraged、uh, equities like options and things like that. Like even margin too. I mean, it takes you like、mm-hmm. a week or two to to get into those, right? And、yeah. that sort of thing brings a lot of volatility to to the market. Like options activity goes up, and a lot of th- you know just brings a lot of volatility. So,、mm-hmm. all the Greeks are changing continuously. Yeah. Yeah, especially I was talking with some guys in、uh, RBC and Credit Suisse, and they're saying that retail investors are a major talking point for them. Like they're focused more on them than they are like, for example, like we're going to talk about the Archegos meltdown shortly, but they're more focused on retail investors and how they're going to affect the economy in the next five years. Yep. Yeah, I guess we can, you know, actually move on to Archegos specifically.、Um, I mean, this was reported, I think, about a week and a half ago now, but Credit Suisse reported a 4.7 billion dollar hit from this absolute disastrous of、uh, Bill Huang's. I don't even know what it is at this point. Well, that that that's kind of because Credit Suisse and Nomura actually had kind of. Clo- uh, closet themselves. They, they they didn't really have any safeguards to to stocks such as Viacom going down、mm-hmm. a certain percentage. And Goldman and Morgan were were pretty smart when it came to that because they sold off most of their equity, so they didn't lose much money. Whereas Credit Suisse and Nomura they held on, and they weren't very smart in dealing with Bill Huang's、yeah. over ten ten percent ten times leverage. This guy Bill Wong,、like, uh, he was he was caught for like insider trading. He was fined millions of dollars.、Um, he was kind of blacklisted. For,、uh, he wasn't. I don't think it was、uh, paused for trading. Like he didn't get his trading license revoked or anything. But the fact、mm-hmm. that these investment bankers like gave him a lot of freedom to do this just blows my mind. I mean, to take this much of a lever, I think he had like twenty billion and just wiped it all out in a few in the matter of days. Yeah. So that's because it was all on margin, and the deal with most banks was if Viacom goes down below five percent, it's a margin call. But Viacom went down like twenty and forty percent, so it was ridiculous. Like he clearly didn't make、uh, smart trades when on margin. Yeah, it's insane how a small news story about、um, what, it, what was it a billion dollar in block trade. Mm-hmm. And what's hilarious to me is Archegos' entire business model, because it's supposed to be a family investing hedge fund.、Mm-hmm. So essentially, everyone who invests into it is part of Bill Huang's family, so he could just avoid the SEC for as long as possible.、Oh, and did he really think that that was a good idea, and that he would never get caught? It's insane. And yeah. yeah, I mean, hedge funds have not had. Actually, there's been a couple. But mostly, hedge funds have not had a great first quarter. I know Melvin Capital has been reported of, I think, like a forty-nine percent loss. Yeah, I mean, it's just the markets. The markets、gosh. have been moving sideways for a couple of months. As fellow investors, we've been noticing certain things as well. Yeah, but to lose forty-nine percent, fam, in one quarter, fifty percent of capital. You didn't. You <laughs> fucked up big time. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. How do you? I still. How do you recover from that? I mean, I don't think there is a recovery. I think it's game over for him, and I don't. No, think I mean they did raise with, capital with from existing、again. investors, and like their buddies all helped them out, right? It's Wall Street,、um, but that's just insane. I mean, it's Wall Street,、capital. but it's also Bill Huang. He's a man with a history. Even Wall Street has its own concerns. Yeah, but you know, I think like so the, when we first talked about this, Robin brought up all those block trades. And we thought like, okay, maybe 
uh, Goldman Sachs and these guys were just selling the stock. Like they were selling Chinese stocks. So we thought maybe Biden was going to come out with some legislation yeah, or SEC was going to ban these stocks. And that's why they're selling. But it turns out this guy, <laughs> Bill Wong, had these leveraged uh, positions in Viacom and, you know, CBS. And uh, yeah, that that just the fact that that swung the market so hard. I mean, that's insane. Um, this yeah. one guy, you know, all these banks just—it shows like the extent of uh, influence you know these investor bankers have. I mean, if they—if this action has caused this swing in the market, I mean, imagine like the other manipulation they're doing. So, I mean, it's twenty billion dollars. It's no joke. No. Twenty billion dollars of borrowed money. So it kind of creates a fallacy in the market too, because now when you pay back the money, but the stocks are still bought, what happens? gosh it's it's uh, similar to the gamestop situation where people are buying massive amount shorting massive amounts with leverage money uh and and it's really hard to keep track it kind of like duplicates the value yeah they're, sense. they're short i think the short end was, was over 100 percent. so <laughs> yeah yeah 112 i think at one point it's still pretty high i think gamestop short interest is still over 20 so salty which about is the whole thing they just want to short it to the ground <laughs> That's exactly. Yeah. Keeps rising. Oh man, good for them. Good for them. I mean, if you look at their chart, it just it looks absolutely ridiculous. But yep. Oh man, I, I can't believe that. It's honestly a kid in the playground under the monkey bar, on the monkey bars. That that that's the that's the stock chart of the game GameStop yeah. right now. But I think one other uh, financial firm we have to bash is a uh, Sherman Financial who has filed for more collection debt collection lawsuits after lockdowns began. And I mean, these debt collections are to like, you know, people in poverty, people close to the poverty line, and some of them even middle-class families. I mean, how do you even justify doing this when I think their competitors are the ones who gave some leeway to, uh, I mean, remember, we saw we, we saw this coming. Like, a lot of debt was piled up because of the forgiveness period in 2020. Uh -huh. No, no, no. And... I'm talking... This was 2020 I'm talking about. Not even 2021. Oh, this... Within 2020 alone, they filed, I think, 15,000 debt collection lawsuits. Wow. Yeah. Not even... this. If it was 2021, sure, I can get it. Like, one year after it's due. I, all right. Maybe you have to go out. But this was, like, right after the pandemic hit. As people were losing that, their jobs and everything. That's hideous. That's honestly a detriment to recovery. Gee, I mean, 13% of the U.S. population was used, wow. or 13% of the courts within the U.S. were used for Sherman Financial's debt collection lawsuits. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. No firm should be doing that. I mean, the fact that the firm spent that much capital on just lawsuits shows some sort of desperation. Oh, man. I, when I read it, I was, I was shocked. And I'm surprised the Wall Street Journal somehow even found out how much damage this financial firm did within one year. But yeah, think about it. All those stimulus checks and unemployment benefits... Like some people had to pay it off for debt, even though, you know, they should have been saved by the government or the debt collection agencies themselves. But yes, the things people do for money. Yeah. And speaking of assholes, uh, Amazon is <laughs> another one. Uh, their union efforts. <laughs> the union crisis, yeah. God dang, did you see that one uh, Twitter account where... They posted or Bro, their profile that's... photo was dude perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's like I the know. dude perfect guy, and I was like, "What the hell?" That's oh, the funniest gosh. shit I've seen. The lengths that some corporates go to to sustain. I mean, union, their way unionization of life. will never really work against Amazon if you really think about it. No, it won't. Because like, what like, can they? What can they really advocate for? Like uh, higher wages. Amazon. Like, Amazon's obviously not going to pay up. They're they're Amazon basically Amazon's argument. Amazon's argument was basically like uh, we're already giving you all these benefits. Like, I think they did they increase mm -hmm. their wage. They did increase their wage, right? Um, I mean, there's fifteen dollars. They have healthcare benefits. Yeah, in, yeah. So uh, they have all the benefits, benefits existing. Yeah, um, that was and, their reasoning. 
and it ended yeah. up i mean the, the workers ended up voting against the union right the major it was the workers that voted against so yeah yeah i mean it, it was a but failure, Amazon, like obviously the, yeah i think it was like the delaware one they had in 2014 a couple years ago as well that one failed as well i mean you, you just can't fight against amazon yeah Gosh. And in general, unionization only worked in the public sector very well because mm -hmm. obviously the people v government usually ends in the favor of the people. But when it comes to a private sector company, it's very hard to point out points as a union to to get them in your favor. You know, like like what would they advocate for? Like higher wages? Sure, Amazon will pay them, but then their working like lifestyle would not change at all. So their main concerns with Amazon would never be solved essentially. Yeah, doesn't Google have like some union efforts in it or like a small union of like software developers or something? I think it might be it might be like a club within Google that and they have like a voice, but I don't think it's like an official union of software engineers. Maybe I, I don't know. I remember reading about it somewhere. I just I didn't. No, 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 they, they did create a union. Um... I don't know. Let me let me look at it a bit. But yeah, it's the company's first ever union. And I mean, yeah, I don't really see what the point is for you know, higher waged workers. Yeah. For unions specifically. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Amazon actually, um and and not just Amazon, but a lot of tech companies and car companies, a lot's been happening with the semiconductor shortage. You mm -hmm. guys have been noticing um gm has had to shut down production a lot of gaming industries right like the ps5 production is halted uh, gpus are much more scarce affecting the gaming industry overall uh you notice that apple has to cut down on production of iphones and macbooks because they don't have enough chips to manufacture their new processors so you, you take a look at the productivity industry taking a massive hit um, companies like Amazon would now have to revamp their production process for their technology such as Alexa. So that that's a massive crisis that we really need to talk about. Yeah, GM, I think they're they're uh, predicting about two billion dollar loss because of this for this year. Wow. That's. Basically... I think Apple is also stating similar similar figures of loss as well, because that it would cut down their iPhone 12 production process as well. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, the, so I think like another factor that plays into this is the people who are, you know, buying this with bots and reselling. So I, th so Shravan and I were looking at graphics cards the other day, and uh, when you look at the order history, right, 10, 20 graphics cards were bought in the same minute. So there's these bots that are buying up, you know, graphics cards when it comes into stock just seconds after it and the, the the scarcity right so they're buying it obviously to mine they're buying cars with you know a good hash rate to mine right and mm -hmm. uh the only i think maybe that will slow down this uh is probably a bubble burst in in cryptocurrencies where bitcoin ethereum you know litecoin they all come down significantly like 50 40 percent um i mean that's not really gonna stop mining per se because mine the, the whole but it, it would be a, it would be like the same thing as income right Right, but it will be the same thing as, um, as twenty seventeen. I mean, this happened the same. It happened with G the G GTX cards, right? Um, mm -hmm. But now we have an added uh, factor of you know all these uh, like uh, Taiwan sem semiconductor manufacturing and uh, Samsung not being able to fill the orders for production. So there is so many factors that are at play. The demand is sky high, and supply is like is so low. That's why you know the prices are so inflated, um, and this is probably yeah. gonna last f till early next year. Or so, um, I, mean, I would not say early next year. I feel like come Thanksgiving it will recover because Thanksgiving is a huge event for chip manufacturers mm -hmm. and uh, tech companies because that's when like most of their revenue is really pumped, right? So, so when when we, it comes to November, we we hope to see some sort of production shift when it comes to these chip manufacturing companies because otherwise they lose out their biggest event of the year. Right. Well, I mean, ASUS and a few other manufacturers have raised their prices actually. So ASUS GPUs are are set at another price floor. So um, if production comes back to normal, which I don't actually see happening even in November. 
um, because if you read what uh, Taiwan TSM and Samsung, uh, if you look at their uh, situation, uh, they're not able to uh, manufacture to to the POs, the purchasing orders, right? So, um, I, I mean, it's also COVID uh, COVID nineteen factor. Um, we need. I don't know if there are factory workers uh, that they have they have a smaller workforce, but um, there's a lot of factors that are being played in here, and for that to be resolved in the next six months, uh, it's it's a wishful thinking. I mean, I think we will, we both Shrub and I would would love to see prices drop in Thanksgiving because we're planning on building PCs, but um, a lot of uh, economists are forecasting that this will last till the end of 2021 at least, like December. So. Um, yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. I mean, for my own selfish interests, I really hope the issue is resolved because I intend to buy graphics cards in for Christmas or Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah hope, hopefully. Facts. I mean, specifically for GM, I don't think they'll take as huge of a hit as other companies because they have their finance side. So, I mean, they can, you know, reduce some of their net losses through that. Yeah, companies that are taking a huge hit are the EV uh, companies. So Neo, yeah, uh, I think twice in the past month announced that they're halting production for a few days or they're decreasing production, and their stock price have taken a huge hit because of that. So um, and also I think Tesla also said that right. So um, so we'll have to see how you know these manufacturers uh, do um, the next few months. Yeah, I would not be surprised if some sort of in-house chip manufacturing mechanism comes up for some of these companies like Tesla. Yeah. They have the capital to definitely start something like that. Right. I mean, that, of course, that, it's about resources as well, mm-hmm. but well, that's what we Biden's, see where Biden's plan is, right? Um, so in his uh, infrastructure plan, he, he basically took a few economists and put them in a team to look into this uh, chip, uh, chip shortage uh, yeah, situation. Yeah, but that's going to be, sh- be short-term, I mean, long-term goals. It's not... Because well, it's I mean, an executive if it, for, order, it's gonna take a long time to figure that out. I mean, even if it takes I mean, a long it, time, it, I think that the the fact of the matter is we're ten percent. We ate so we pr- we produce about ten percent of the semiconductors in, in a global stage, right? Um, mm-hmm. So if we're going to set up a, a plan to kind of slowly take the market share back to domestic, that's probably good. If you can do it in the, in the next ten years. Uh, set you know set the foundation under the Biden administration. Uh, it, it's always a good thing to you know bring back production to our country instead of having to outsource it. Right, that's what Intel is trying yeah. to do. They're trying to outsource it. So we need to bring back all the and also obviously jobs go up. Right, um, so we need to bring back all the manufacturing and and production back domestic. And I, wasn't Samsung like going to build a plant in Arizona or Nevada? Um, I think they, right. You, you know really better sure. than me. Yeah, I th- I think it was Samsung or some other company, some major company. They were gonna uh, build a production plant in in one of the states near Texas. Um, but yeah, I mean it. It's all good. If it it will be good if Biden sets the the steps for uh, bringing production back to our country, especially you know these chips and semiconductors. It's honestly a more profitable business than defense because. A lot of defense equipment also requires chips, right? I mean, so weapon sales are what the government the, knows. The new niche. <laughs> yeah, that's all they it know. Could become a new war niche. Dogs, war yep. dogs vibes. Yeah, yeah. Right but yeah, I think another um, fighters and sell them to all these Middle Eastern countries. Let them fight each oh, other God. and do it again. Repeat, repeat, repeat. That's exactly what we know. Welcome to the U.S. government, but. I don't know. I was telling Joel yesterday, like the best investment I think we could have done is just buy as much graphics cards as we could have, <laughs> and then just resell it on eBay. That would have been yeah. better than I think buying Tesla stock even. Dude, some of the <laughs> yeah. some of the some of the cards have you seen the markup? Like you, now, oh yeah, that's what I'm trying. So some I think like the the RTX uh, 3070 went for three thousand dollars, which is mind boggling. I mean, that's insane. Three thousand dollars for. Like the art, what the, what the MSRP was like, uh, what was it? Seven hundred, eighty-five hundred. Hey, uh, I'm I'm still riding on a GTX 1060. You think I could fetch him <laughs> some cash with that? I honestly think he could. Just go with. Might have a... to hop oh, on you, eBay. So you're trying to, what do you mean? You, you... Like sell it? Oh, sell the eBay. sell the GTX and I mean, well, sure, go ahead. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but what are you gonna do without a graphics card? You can't do anything. Running until you graphics. Hey, if I am if I'm fetching like a six hundred dollar profit, man, I could live without a graphics card for a couple of months. I mean, I mean, so we were looking at GTX graphics cards on eBay too, and some of them were going for like a hundred dollars. Uh, I think it was okay, the never mind, oh, it was man. the 1080, right, Trevin? I think that's what we're looking at. It was a hundred dollars. Oh yeah, that was the one. But yeah, yeah, it's a hundred dollars. Yeah, the 1080 Ti was a hundred dollars. I saw one. Oh man, old is old. Then my graphics card is like twenty bucks. <laughs> but yeah, I think another another issue that corporations are going to face soon is uh, taxes. Um, I mean, no su no surprise there. I mean, with the yeah. Democratic administration taking over the entire government, they're bound to introduce it at some point. Um, but Once yeah, what's again, shocking is New York actually um, setting to increase their taxes, which, yeah, some companies say could hinder the recovery uh, measures that New York is trying to do, while others are saying that it may help, you know, the poor population, but I don't know. With what we've seen in California, does high tax rates really? Yeah, it really help doesn't out? work. It doesn't because most California is an example. California tend to like <laughs> yeah. Californian companies like Tesla just switch out. They they move to places like Houston no, where I mean, they pay it's, it's much not less only taxes. That, it's not only that. It's just like the high taxes are supposed to help out the people un underprivileged people it, it doesn't yet, work like that yeah. let me, see, let me see, explain see, why the thing about california i would say oh, go ahead christian yeah i would say i would say this the whole point the whole like policy to raise taxes is bs liberal policy and let me explain why when you raise taxes on rich corporations right it doesn't really work because first of all they already don't pay taxes and there's a reason for that they're pretty smart there's two ways to evade taxes. One is obviously shell companies, which is Apple's preferred way to evade taxes. And then there's companies like Amazon that utilize stock buyback to not pay taxes. For example, 90% of Jeff Bezos's equity is just in stock buyback, right? Mm -hmm. So so when they're, they have a lot of evasion tactics that, that the government chooses to turn a blind eye to and not patch up, right? Raising taxes is just a farce. Right, it's it's to please no, yeah, the public yeah. because the public thinks that they're gonna pay more taxes, but in reality, the ta the effective tax rate on them is still zero. Yeah, I mean that's true. I mean what I was saying with California is, even though you know many people say that it helps the poor people, I mean I know a couple people who live in L.A. who are like, yeah, the the homeless like streets have like picked up ever since like 2019 or something. And the government uh, hasn't been doing shit, which is ridiculous. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know why they would increase their state taxes, especially with New York being the way New York is. Um, I mean, the only way to really help, you know, make corporates pay more taxes is by federal proposed taxes, which is what President Biden is doing. Um, he's kind of, you know, softened his tax proposal, I think, just to get past the Senate. Uh, that's the main reason he's doing it, but yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to see where this could go in the future. I mean, I know Jeff Bezos. You were talking about him earlier. He was welcoming the new tax regulations, which, once again a farce it, because <laughs> that should shock, that he, should scare us. I mean, one, yeah. all the small businesses are going to get affected by it, and two, as long as he doesn't sell eighty percent of his shares within amazon he's not going to get taxed much and amazon as a whole is not even profitable so what can they get taxed on yeah the cor the corporation doesn't get taxed in the first place and individuals have their their money elsewhere and in investments in real estate yeah cayman islands they have like a cruise like a yacht that's always <laughs> appreciating in value like cool bro like i own half the world now can't tax me on it oh man that's it's crazy but I think another uh, point we got to mention on is Apple's uh, app security, app privacy update, and how that will affect us into the future. Because I think we all we all have Apple products, right? I really love how Apple is making these strides when it comes to privacy, because a lot of other companies, such as Google, they their entire business model relies on stealing your data, right? Like same thing with Facebook. 
without your data, they're pretty much worthless. Their entire business model collapses. I the mean, not really, Apple but is, uh, a good portion of it, right? Because uh, we'll, 90% we'll of Facebook's revenue to this day is ad revenue. And most well, yeah. of those ads are funneled by by them buying data from insurance companies so they can target ads, right? That's kind of how it works. And they also have their own algorithms to collect more data from you. Same thing with companies like TikTok. TikTok is essentially China's Facebook where they're collecting data for the CCP <laughs> through your phones, right? So, so all these companies, while they're reliant on collecting data, I love how Apple is being the responsible company here and following like an ethical code where they're they have much better data privacy than other people. <laughs> Apple ethical? I mean, low, I, I still child feel labor making much iPhones more ethical than most companies. Compared to other companies, compared to other companies, oh yeah, this is this is a great move by Apple. Much respect for them. I mean, yeah. to give the option but, to users to you know uh, be not be able to be tracked by these guys. Um, I, I mean, obviously, like ninety percent of your the users are gonna once they update the iOS, they're gonna click on that option, right? Uh, it's a no-brainer. You don't want to be tracked. So um, we'll but have to see what is, happens like, with the Facebook way and Google. Companies are, the way companies are trying to circumvent this, like I didn't even know, you know Procter & Gamble, right? Yeah, so I didn't even know that they, they're against this. Like they're developing a technique uh, with some Chinese companies to find ways to circumvent this and gather their own data from iPhones. Which... And that's really like, it's, it's very like disheartening because you'd expect companies like Procter & Gamble that's like everywhere, right? Like from, from Tide and like dish soap, like mm -hmm. Procter & Gamble is everywhere, right? And the fact that such a company that we depend on for daily goods is, is allying with the Chinese government to steal data and circumvent an ethical like placeholder that Apple has presented us with, right, is, is disgusting because w why? Like, like I just don't understand why I mean, the, the whole yeah. tech world is moving towards more privacy. Why is Procter and Gamble regressing to the past? My thing is just if Procter and Gamble is going to such lengths for something I didn't even think they would do, then what the hell would like you know companies like Facebook and? Oh no, they're definitely working on new strategies. Yeah, of course, obviously. Um, Jesus. Like 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 the fact that. It wasn't Facebook that did this with the, the Chinese government. The fact that Procter and Gamble did is like even more astonishing. Like, why? Their, their business model doesn't rely on data in the first place. That that just shows you the amount of data that they collect that you don't see. Yeah. But yeah, I guess speaking of Facebook, um, I think it, what must, must have been like two weeks ago by now. But there was a 2019 hack within Facebook that was made public in recent days. And um, over 500 million. Or was it 500 million? Could be one of billion? us. <laughs> no, it's it half a billion users. That was half a billion. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's still insane. Half they didn't want to release who got who, who got attacked. So basically, what people expected was they're going they were going to like notify like if you went on your Facebook app or a messenger, you'll mm -hmm. be notified that you were hacked uh, two two three years ago. But um, Facebook decided not to do that. Um, which I mean. Uh, I don't know what to make of it, but uh, I, I personally I would want to get a notification being like, saying that I was hacked two years ago. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's kind of that's insane, scary. That's, that's I'm pretty sure all of us have been hacked on Facebook at least once. Like, remember the whole this you phenomenon? Oh gosh, yeah. Oh yeah, right. the, I, yeah. I I never mm -hmm. fell for that. I never got hacked because of that. Thankfully. I got hacked once. I got I got this this message saying you're in this video, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> and I clicked on it. And it was like, all right, buddy, I'll take your entire account, your bank statements, and your mom. Okay. Boom. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think five hundred million isn't that. That's way more than what the U.S. population is right now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is. It's yeah, up there with like once. It, it could be its own like big country. Like what the hell? <laughs> Dude, that's half India's population. Oh yeah. my gosh. And no reprimands, no, oh man. I mean, hopefully they, like, tighten their security, right? They probably did. It's always I mean, two years. Yeah, yeah. Two years. That's what LinkedIn did. Remember the LinkedIn crisis when LinkedIn was hacked and most of her passwords were stolen? Yeah, I wasn't yeah. on then, so I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, um, this happens with companies time to time because every encryption method they use for their passwords 
Mm -hmm. it, it can always be broken. That's why they have to continue innovating new encryption mm -hmm. strategies. That's what LinkedIn did. They moved from MD to SHA-256 okay. for their passwords. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. I think it's time to uh, move on to from, I guess, domestic news to more foreign relation news. Uh, we can start, uh, you know, as usual with China. With China. <laughs> <laughs> like every goddamn week. China, China, China. Every week we're talking something about them. But, and they're in the news too much man yeah they are and this time it's with tesla yet again um in which their cameras aren't activated outside of north america uh and this is mainly i guess to ensure their privacy i i don't really know why they would do this i'm actually kind of shocked i mean isn't that isn't the point isn't of having that... a tesla is to have autopilot and everything and they have to yeah. use cameras and sensor activations for that Mm -hmm. But I feel like Tesla's whole like vehicle wouldn't work in like non-developed -de countries. Like, like let's think about it. Like, no, but this, you is, drive this a Tesla is China in Mexico. we're talking about. Like, right? I mean, I, China's whole deal with this was um, first they banned military officers there from buying Teslas, and um, I think now looks like they're um, they're trying to pressure. Uh, Tesla to to turn off the cameras um, and maybe so I think here uh, with the with the highway infrastructure uh, Tesla can adapt and it's been trained right the Tesla computers have been trained to drive in this uh, in, in these highways um, for I, I don't know about UK probably probably UK and most of the European countries definitely not India <laughs> uh, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure China uh, it's their problem because they're just building their gigafactory there and it's probably starting to, they're probably starting to train their cars to adapt to the highway system there so uh, it's kind of surprising that the cameras are not going to be activated I think Tesla cars have a, a array of sensors right sonar and a few other things but mm -hmm. cameras also essential component for that to read the stoplight you know all the signs and things like that um, I I thought it was just um, you know for uh, things like maybe they're probably worried about like let's say a car is just parked in uh, and on a side on a street you know next to some you know uh, sensitive government maybe a sensitive government building maybe then it could be accessed because basically it's a computer on wheels right so it can be hacked and that's probably what China's worrying about so um, but uh, there's probably like more news on this that we'll have to cover if we want to go in deep yeah and I guess uh, their COVID news is another thing that's been uh, a major talking point in the past month uh, I think the U.S. specifically said they're going to do their own investigation on how uh, this entire virus originated. Mm -hmm. And right now, I think they're studying frozen blood samples, which are stored in China to say, you know, how long the virus has been circulating before the first cases were discovered back in, I think, December of 2019. So, yeah, yeah well, hopefully we can see how it originated, although... I don't probably know never gonna get any us. information yeah <laughs> let's be honest yeah let's see for example when the fir first like coronavirus like breakouts happened right um according to who and the cdc china had a lot more cases than disclosed and there wasn't like fair th there wasn't a fair information transfer between china yeah. and the rest of the world so you you can't really trust this country when it comes to covid and their statistics you know so i would be much more comfortable with with a third party country like something like the uk studying these frozen blood samples rather than china but that's not going to happen obviously yeah, never but yeah i think um going on to more covid news this time in britain um the uk is now limiting the astrazeneca vaccine as well uh due to as their, they should yeah for the blood clots there and the e but the eu says the benefits continue to outweigh the risk of the virus which is kind of shocking um this is i think the first time ever that i'm ever going to agree with what the uk is doing rather than the eu but yeah yeah i mean if if any citizens are dying because of it there's a possibility that not just a small portion but a lot more people can get affected with these blood clots especially in some cases it's the blood clot in the brain that's that's a life risk right mm -hmm. so so why would you rather than just waiting for COVID to hit and you being hospitalized due to that why would you put yourself in a position where you could get a brain clot yeah. you know 
So, so I'm glad that the UK is taking these moves, and the EU should really reevaluate their their position on a human's life. Yeah, I mean, another thing about another thing about UK is the variant. Their B one one seven variant uh, is actually is is shown to have a high risk for mortality. So the mortality rates increase, and now it's actually the dominant variant in the US. Um, and a lot of you know, I was watching CNN the other day, and this uh, doctor came on, and he said that we should actually be very cautious about reopening efforts and things like that because uh, a lot. Because if you look at the cases graph, uh, it's actually increasing; it's continuing to increase. Um, so uh, there's all there's a concern that it, are we um, are we being watchful of this? Are we reopening too soon? Um, so. Uh, I, I haven't read much about the the effects of Moderna and Pfizer vaccine on the variant, but if these so so the way the Pfizer vaccines are working on the new variants is that so they weren't designed to take into account all these new variants, okay. right? They were designed just for the original strain, right? But the thing with Pfizer is it still guarantees a hundred percent no hospitalization rate. So even with the new strains, for example, if, even if you get the Brazilian strain, which is supposed to be the most deadly right mm -hmm. you're not going to go to the hospital because the vaccine fights against it because the protein that almost all these strains makes are very similar so it's your body that like when, when you have the pfizer vaccine it automatically recognizes it yeah that's at least that's what we hope to see um still mm -hmm. still tough to see early on how effective the vaccine truly is on uh you know the majority populace but maybe by next year we can see how effective it is yeah but i mean yeah some other smaller news uh saudi arabia again their oil pipelines um i think their energy giant i mean sorry armco their energy giant in saudi arabia is planning to sell a minority stake uh, of u.s chinese and local investors which is interesting especially with i think china's uh wasn't it china's new deal security deal with iran where you know china's planning to take control of their oil i don't know i i kind of forgot like the the details within their agreement but it's interesting to hear that armco is planning to sell you know their pipelines to both the u.s and china hmm. more support to china let's go yep more control <laughs> and lastly yeah. uh yeah, and lastly, we have the Palestinian aid, where the Biden administration is restoring millions of dollars to both economic and humanitarian aid to the Palestinians. And this is basically, you know, another step against going against whatever Trump did in his four years. Yeah, Trump was pro-Israel, while Biden, the Democratic Party in general, is pro-minorities. Uh, Biden's pro actually pro-Israel. I mean, if you look at his past records a few decades ago, he was actually yeah, pro-Zionist movement. But this is, like this is Democrats. This now. is standard politics. He, he's he's yeah, a Democrat this, now. This is so actually, like, I'm pretty sure Kamala's party. influence. Kamala, when she was running, she was uh, she was actually pro-Palestinian. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe like uh, her administration could have some influence on this. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. Alright, and uh, I guess some um, you know, upcoming news for next week, as well as some trade ideas. I know that Coinbase IPO is coming out, which is going to be huge for both the crypto market, as well as I think the stock market in general. I wouldn't doubt to see Bitcoin jump around on, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? I think it's the 14th. That might be the Thursday, IPO? my bad. Yeah, I think I was wrong. It's Thursday. Oh, no, it's Wednesday. Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. I'm trolling. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, that's for sure to provide some volatility on that day. So yeah, speaking I guess we'll of, speaking of April fourteenth, uh, Palantir is going to have their second demo day. Um, oh yeah. It's a very, yeah. We'd love to see demo days. Beautiful stock rise and the calls start printing. <laughs> after that, they'll sell after the news. So <laughs> uh, maybe Monday and Tuesday <laughs> we'll see a rise in price in anticipation. But another interesting thing about Palantir this year um, that I'd like to touch on is so last year, whenever they announced the contract, they would actually put the the value of the contract. So like $80 million or $50 million. But now mm -hmm. when a new contract comes out, 
uh, they actually don't disclose the value of the contract. And now there's, I think there's a, so the way I see it is, so Palantir is trying to limit analysts from getting an accurate uh, projection for you know revenue and EPS, right? Whenever the next quarterly earning comes in. So this will allow them to effectively beat, uh, you know, uh, estimates, right? So there's, so most of the contracts, uh, so I think it actually got leaked. So one of the recent contracts was worth up to like $300 million and they didn't disclose it at the time. So that those big contracts that are happening this year, they're not being disclosed. And once the next quarterly earnings comes out in May, I think Palantir has a really good chance of beating estimates that analysts put out because they don't have the information, yeah. right? I think they're, they're just going to try and up their backlog as much as possible before mm -hmm. releasing all of it on earnings. Yeah. Another thing for summer was uh, uh, solar stocks. Um, mm -hmm. So for summer, well, obviously global temperatures is rising. People are still at home. So maybe uh, a solar stock play could be could be a good, uh, you know, something to put in your portfolio for anticipation and rise uh, for the summer. So. We should we should be looking at uh, some good stocks that are valued right, especially after the whole meltdown tech sector had, you know, last month. So a lot of stocks yeah. are growth stocks are at a trading at fifty percent from down from highs. So it could be yeah. a solid time to put. Yeah, I'm on your planning. Positions. I myself am planning to sell my shares in XLE. Mm -hmm. um at least the rest of it and then start moving into actually is tech sector right no no, no actually is energy. energy sector okay yeah, yeah so okay that's provided tech sector yeah i think we said what back in january itself like this is a good sector to invest in and it's up 40 percent since then so good trade on our part and yeah i think high, some high growth stocks like palantir the solar stocks that we saw rise they're bound to again uh do well in the coming months but yeah, I guess uh, that's it from us. Um, as we all are Indian Americans, we'd like to wish any of our viewers a happy new year. And we will see you guys next week.